Hello, everyone. So uh, I've got a really cool, awesome uh, collaboration review today. Um, I'm here with Amy from The Movie Checklist. And uh, we're going to talk about the movie, the Netflix uh, comic book adaptation of uh, The Old Guard. That's really exciting. And I'm really excited to be here with her. Like, she has a lot of really great content. I've liked her videos and stuff for a long time. Um, yeah, so Amy, why don't you introduce her to yourself and like talk about you know the, the stuff that you do on YouTube and yeah, um, well, I'm Amy. Uh, I talk a lot about movies pretty much anywhere you can find me on Instagram, on Twitter, Letterboxd. Um, and then on my YouTube channel, The Movie Checklist, I haven't been posting on there a lot, but uh, I, I still am active on there and do hauls and stuff every month. I'm trying to, I can't even remember what I do on there anymore. But I am the most active on my podcast. We release a new episode every other week. It's called The Nostalgia Effect. And we talk about movies from our childhood. So a lot of 80s and 90s uh, nostalgic movies, sometimes even 70s. And we look at them through the lens of adulthood. So it's very interesting because a lot of us, like everybody in the podcast is in their 30s. So it's very uh, interesting to see some of those movies that we watched as we were kids that are very 90s and very 80s. Yeah, it's really cool. So like rewatching like the kind of 90s classics, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was uh, the last uh, episode you guys did? Um, on Monday, we released uh, Angels in the Outfield. So oh, yeah. Baby Joseph Gordon-Levitt. It mm -hmm. was uh, very interesting. That movie really, really holds up. I highly recommend yeah. if you can find it to, to give it a watch, especially right now in these current times. Mm -hmm. It's a nice like breath of fresh air. Yeah, isn't uh, also Danny Glover in that? Isn't he yes. like the coach? Danny Glover, Tony Danza, Matthew McConaughey. Before, actually, it came out after Days and Confused, but he was probably filming it as Days and Confused was coming out. And like, yeah, there's the there's a bunch of people in this movie. Like, you wouldn't even believe. Like, you start <laughs> watching, and you're like, oh, I know that person. I know that person, and you don't even remember that they're in the movie. Yeah, I always love when you like rewatch something and then uh, I recently I watched this movie of uh, Deep Rising and mm -hmm. that had a crazy cast like all of the random people that were like mercenaries it was like Damon Hansu and mm -hmm. Cliff Curtis and all these people that you just you know them yeah if you've seen them a little but you know them right yeah it's like they're those they're um they're like those character actors that you're just like I see you in everything. I don't know your name as an actor, but I I can pick out 15 different things that I know you from. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you you also, you have a Patreon, right? And you release mm -hmm. more content on there. I, I've been really, really active on Patreon as well. It's patreon.com slash the movie checklist. And I post at least, like, I write, I take extensive notes for every movie that I watch pretty much, if it's an, especially if it's a new movie. And I post those on there. And I actually started... Re writing on my blog again for the first time in forever. It's the moviechecklist.wordpress.com. I don't have a full URL. And actually, I'm a contributing uh, writer on filmspeak.net. I do um, monthly collector's corners on there where I talk about all of the different things that you should be picking up, Blu-rays, collectibles, criterions especially. And I also do some reviews on there occasionally. Oh, that's I'm like really everywhere. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really cool. Like, there's there's a lot of your stuff is out there in the world. Mm -hmm. That's great. So I may not be active on YouTube, but I I'm in the internet 
active a lot of other places. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Cool. So I guess this will be added to your list of yeah. <laughs> places. <laughs> All right. So we're going to talk about this uh, Netflix film, The Old Guard. So this is a, it's an adaptation of this Greg Rucka comic book. And um, so he wrote the screenplay. Uh, Charlie Theron is the sort of the lead actress in it. This is another sort of action film for her. Um, she's been on a string of like some 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 good ones. She was in Atomic Blonde. She was in this, you know, um, Mad Max, Fury Road, and uh, yeah. So this film follows uh, a group of characters who, for whatever reason, they uh, have been given this gift or curse of immortality, and so they um, have been warriors throughout history, and. At different time periods they've inherited this gift and they also have this sort of connection where they meet with each other and um they sort of are trying to figure out what to do with themselves being given this gift or curse uh and the beginning of the film pretty much all of them have are, are meeting up again for the first time and i think it was like a year or so uh because they sort of have been sought out to do a mission, which was to help this group of people in, I think it's like Africa or something like that, like that are being held hostage by some kind of terroristic group. And um, it's this guy, the CIA agent Copley, who's played by um, Chiwetel Ejiofor. He's the one who kind of recruits them into doing this job. And so, you know, at the beginning, we can kind of tell they're very uh, sensitive about you know, people knowing things about them. Um, there's like a scene at the very beginning where uh, Andy, Charlie's Theron's character, like she, uh, someone accidentally just takes a picture of her and then she kind of like basically goes up to them and like deletes the photo. Um, so yeah, they're, they're kind of like, uh, they're not really wanting to do this job. Not all of them are, especially Andy. She's kind of, against it, but uh, they sort of get convinced to, to do it. And they go to this uh, this location, they do this operation, and it turns out that it's a trap, and um, they sort of get attacked by these this group of other special forces agents. But of course, they can't die, so <laughs> they are able to uh, overcome and defeat these these people. But the whole thing was uh, Agent Copley's just trying to get evidence that these people are real, and that they, you know, are actually immortal. Um, which then sets the group off to having to sort of, you know, find a way to not get caught because that's always their fear is that they're going to get caught and someone's going to try and, I don't know, turn them into lab rats basically. Um, so yeah, what'd you think of like this opening scene, uh, especially like with, when they went to the, the location and had to try and free these people? Um, I'm going to be honest. I watched the first probably like 15 minutes and then I fell asleep because it was like really <laughs> early in the morning. And then I did not pick the film back up until like five to eight days later. I don't, I think it was like over a week when I started rewatching again. So I kind of don't remember the opening sequence. Yeah. I do remember kind of, you get thrown in there without really kind of getting to know the characters. You get to know them as the film goes on, which is something I really, really like. I like that you kind of organically get to know the characters. You just get thrown in there and you get to know their relationship and kind of what they're about. 
but that first like fight scene where they like they find themselves in the trap is really interesting. I think that's about where I stopped watching it. And it was just a lot of action and a lot of fun, like just pure Charlize Theron action. And I, I really loved that part of it for sure. Yeah. One thing I really like about her character is like, I feel like they all have their kind of their, their thing that marks mm -hmm. where they're from. Right. So she has this, really cool axe mm -hmm. um, yeah and it's probably she... the coolest weapon i've ever seen in any movie <laughs> except for yeah. maybe like mandy the axe that he has at the end of yeah. mandy is so cool. that thing in mandy is ridiculous yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is this is like up there with that for sure yeah um it's just so unique looking right mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and I you just like... want to see her use it yeah and I feel like she barely uses it. She uses it at the beginning, and then she kind of has it towards their in the mission at the end of the film. And I was just like, I want to see more of it. Yeah, totally. Like you really want to see more of this. Her using it, like, uh, it, yeah, it's kind of that's kind of a disappointing thing. Is like, yeah. like, hey, just go to the well with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we want to see it more. <laughs> yeah, I, and they like. They set it up but, to be something really big because it's like the big icon on the poster is that circle shape with the cutout. And it's like, you feel like it's going to be something that you see a lot of, but you only get to see her use it like a handful of times. Yeah. Um, which again, you know, hopefully <laughs> we'll get into like, if there's going to be a sequel, hopefully if there is yeah. a sequel, we'll get some more of that. <laughs> oh yeah, um, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but everyone does have sort of like their own unique weapon. I know I, a couple of them had like a katana and other mm -hmm. kind of medieval age swords. Um, yeah. So yeah, they all like have sort of something that indicates what time period they, they came mm -hmm. from, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So now they've been compromised. The old guard has been compromised and they kind of, they decide, okay, we got to scatter to the wind. We got to um kind of hide ourselves again and we can't be intervening in the lives of of you know mortal humans anymore <laughs> we've tried it many times and it's just failed um then we cut to um afghanistan and so there's this uh character niles or nile and she's a marine and we see her going through this sort of operation where there's like basically a person of interest uh, within, I don't know, you know, probably like Taliban or something like that, who's been, you know, causing problems. And so she's uh, interrogating some people in order to find out where this person is. And some people kind of, this one woman kind of gives her the like, hey, he's over here, look. And um, they, the team of Marines goes into this building to try and find this guy and stop him. They're able to, well, they kind of apprehend him, but like then the guy gets shot. They were trying to, you know, it's the classic, like, can't ask him questions if they're dead. Uh, so they accidentally kill him. And then um, Niles, Niall gets her throat slit by the guy. And at that point she dies. But she's, at this point, she is granted immortality for some reason, right? And so um, she, she, she has this thing happen to her. And then all the other old guard who are like, they're like on a plane or something. 
they can all feel what happened to her. And so they are all kind of keyed in, oh, there's another one of us. And they kind of piece together that she's a Marine in Afghanistan. And then um, Andy basically decides she's gonna go and, um, she's gonna go and find her. So yeah, what'd you think of this? This is sort of interesting, like how it, it tells us, you know, how these people are connected. They're all connected. They can all feel each other's pain. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. I like at first when it, when it was first happening, like you see her waking up and then it cuts to them on the plane and like they're kind of feeling it. I was super confused at first. I was like, why are they all kind of freaking out? And then you kind of get the gist of it later on that they're feeling her pain and they're like they are they're like realizing that there's another one of them in the world as well. I thought that was kind of an interesting way to i guess to make that happen i'm not sure if that's something that happens in the comic book because i haven't read the comic but yeah yeah it's really cool that they're all they have this connection and they, they all like mm-hmm. feel each other i mean that comes into play later there's some other characters and basically yeah their their connection that they have with each other is really important mm-hmm. um because if any one of them is suffering they're all going to suffer basically yeah um and so another thing that they said was like no no one had joined their team in over 200 years yeah so this is something that happens very rarely that someone um you know just <laughs> wakes up and becomes immortal <laughs> yeah well or, yeah. or maybe i think when it happens is when they find out that they're immortal and they're just kind of like, you don't die every day. So it's not something like you would find out every single day. So it's like, you only find out that you are immortal once you start dying or you get hurt enough to die. So that, and then that's probably how they know that they're connected. So she probably never got hurt enough for them to feel that connection. Yeah, 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 for sure. And there's also something to be said, like, all of these these people are some form of a warrior. Mm-hmm. And I think that even is sort of implied that they all have a, a lineage of people that are warriors or soldiers or something like that. Um, so that's probably, again, another thing that plays into why these people are, why this happens to them. Because mm-hmm. we're in, it's never really clearly stated or put out there um but that does seem to be a common sort of line uh because i know niall they they were saying that she came from a family of people that served in the military and that seems to be the case with the others Mm -hmm. as well um but yeah that's just i guess a theory we'll see we'll see (laughs) if they ever answer that question for us yeah um so then uh later on we get introduced to the the villain of the film so this guy merrick and he's like, he runs this biotech firm. He's like a the CEO or whatever. And um, so him, so he is like trying to find them and, you know, basically use, find a way to take their abilities and, you know, capitalize on them pretty much so that they can sell it. For profit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Are you familiar with this actor? Have you ever seen him in yes. anything before? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's Deadly Dursley in Harry Potter. Oh. Uh, okay. Yeah. I need to watch like the only thing I know him from, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just like, yep, that's Deadly Dursley. He looks completely different, but yeah. 
Yeah. Very weaselly guy, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's something about these, like, 21st century CEO type characters. He's a Silicon Valley dude, bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Except he's uh, in the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The I'm I'm sure in London they have just as many. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> young think they're super brilliant CEOs of companies who are just destroying the world in their own way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So yeah, I think at this point we'll try and go into more sort of spoilery territory. Mm -hmm. uh, we've kind of given a brief overview, but like now we'll sort of dive into some of the things that. Uh, you know, the bigger plot points of the movie. So the reason that Merrick knows that um, the old guard is sort of, you know, that they're possibly immortal is that Agent Copley showed them the uh, the footage that he recorded of them, you know, getting into that fight in uh, wherever it was in Africa. And um, so that makes, so, and Copley's uh, motivation is that he had, I think it was maybe his wife or some close family member died of, you know, cancer or something mm -hmm. like that, some kind of disease uh, early. And so he's investigating this as a way that they could get the powers and then, you know, people in the future wouldn't have to, you know, to die mm -hmm. uh, the way that his family, his family did. So that was interesting kind of, you know, he's not just, at least Copley, he's not just, like, motivated. Just, By the money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or even, I, I, I call this, I call this thing, there's, there's certain villains, I call it, like, the pinky in the brain syndrome. Mm -hmm. Because pinky in the brain, they, they say at the beginning of every episode, like, oh, why are we evil? We're evil because we have to be so that the show exists. Yeah. Um, so there, there are certain characters that they're just, like, evil to make the movie happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, those characters tend to not be the most interesting villains. Uh, yeah. The villains where you they you know there's some kind of motivation that you can understand. Yeah. Those tend to be more interesting. Yeah, I mean, in the like long run of the film, if we're in the spoiler territory, I mean, he does kind of change sides and decides to help them, which I think is really great. It's a great character arc for him because you see all the research that he's been doing on each of them. And it also helps like seeing that research helps Niall decide to stay and help the group as well, instead of just leaving because she doesn't want to be a part of any more violence than she has already inflicted. But yeah, I think having that character arc for him and any future sequels and having him in there would be, kind of interesting to see how he helps them not only evade photography and videos and stuff in the 21st century um because that's kind of what he does with it anyway with them at towards the end of the film um i think would be kind of a fun fun little thing to explore and in a future sequel if they have any more yeah for sure i i think he you know he almost feels like the um you know, like there's like the James Bond character that gives James Bond like they tell them, "Oh, this is your mission," and "Oh, here's the guns" or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, or like the um, like in Batman, it's usually Alfred or um, characters like that where they like like that feels like he that's the role that yeah. he plays. Yeah, like yeah. the Alfred kind of. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. He gives he gives them the mission. He helps them out. He gives them information. Mm -hmm. Maybe he gives them some weapons or connects them with someone. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think, yeah, that's that'd be pretty cool to to see. Give him like a high tech kind of guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, so Andy, uh, she gets to Nile in Afghanistan and kind of. Uh, I was. I thought that was. I thought that scene was a little weird to me. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I, a person can just walk onto a military base in Afghanistan. Well, I think that she's just she's had thousands of years of experience being very covert and sneaky. So I, that I understood. But how cavalier everyone is about Nile walking around was what really kind of was weird to me. Everyone was like they were giving, like they were treating her with some distance. But at the same time, they were like, very like, oh, she got her necks like slit. She should be dead, but she's up and walking around totally fine, completely healed. And I just thought that was more of the weird part than like Andy sneaking onto the base. Yeah, they they definitely like because there's a there's a part where someone tells her, oh, you gotta like her CEO tells her, oh, you have to be here now. Yeah, and you kind of get the sense. You know, it's like mm, you don't want to do that. You're gonna mm -hmm. you're gonna end up in a bad situation. Yeah. But yeah, they just let her walk away. I mean, you would think that they would just like kind of almost bring like the 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 military police on her and just say, "Hey, you're you're going here now." Yeah. You know? Or like doing some kind of experiments on her. Like, why why is she completely healed? <laughs> like, yeah. it's the military. It's the United States military. They they would be doing some kind of experiment. Yeah, totally. Because like you're when you're in the military, you are property of the U.S. government. Yeah, pretty much. They they own you, and they see you as an asset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was the, a lot of that stuff was strange, and so uh, Andy basically gets Nile in a in a truck, and they drive into the middle of somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, and this is the moment where um, Andy sort of explains to Nile what's going on. A little bit of it right mm -hmm. gives you a little bit of a, like hey you're immortal now you know blah 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 like we need to go you need to go with me um and there are other people like us um and you know nile does it a little bit um reluctantly i should say i mean it makes sense right some random person shows up and they're like hey come with me i'd, I'd probably <laughs> yeah. be like i don't know you yeah <laughs> Yeah, especially at this like very weird moment in your life where you got killed and then you're suddenly back. It like I'd be like, can I just catch my breath and figure out my life right now? Yeah, yeah, because it's really a moment. It's almost kind of feels like the the Neo in the Matrix moment taking the mm -hmm. the red pill because she has to leave her life behind totally. Yeah, she because like, she has a mm -hmm. yeah her family like all of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and they're like, no, you got to leave them behind. That's over. And they, you know, the old guard becomes her new family. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, that's that's not that's not an easy sell. <laughs> <laughs> no, cuz it's like it's basically you're you're by yourself forever. And they kind of confront that later on with books um and like him having to be on his own forever and it's just very it I, I could feel how hard it would be for her to kind of try to accept that yeah especially when you know it's not something you, you, she asked for right mm -hmm. 
it just it just happened and again like in this film they don't explain why it happens mm -mm. like and she know. even asks like she's like why does it happen and they're like we don't know we can't tell you yeah so that that's definitely that's a that's a mind trip right mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> um so okay so then uh andy convinces Nile to get on to, to to leave with her they get on a plane headed for paris and on the plane uh there's there's a fight scene between mm -hmm. the two of them um, that was really cool <laughs> yeah you like that fight yeah. scene yeah i mean it's like it almost gets like the zero g fight scenes kind of you know when they're in like a zero g airplane um, but yeah, I thought it was like super cool how they choreograph the way they use the space and the like netting and seatbelts and stuff within the plane for them to fight. Yeah, it was, it was cool. Um, for sure. That was, that was probably one of my, uh, one of my favorite moments of the film mm -hmm. was when they have that, you know, it's kind of like, there's always that, like the new person testing their powers kind yeah. of fight, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, this felt really on point to that mm -hmm. sort of a scene in the film. Um, and so in the end, um, Andy sort of gets the upper hand on her, outsmarts her because, you know, there was something with the pilot, like the pilot, um, she like told him to like act like he was dead and then she yeah. like, yeah, got loose and all this stuff. Anyway, so then long story short, they end up in Paris, right? Yeah, and they're at this like church or whatever, outside of uh, a little bit outside of a, a little bit outside of Paris, and here we get some more um, sort of exposition about sort of the backstory of the the old guard, and they talk about this. Uh, well, so Niall has a dream about this uh, woman. Uh, it's like uh, she's an Asian woman. I forget like how you say I her name. I forget her like, name. I didn't write it down. Yeah, it's like cute. It's like Q, Qin? Something, something like yeah. that. <laughs> it starts with a Q. Anyway, so um, this person had a really, like this, this person is like, I think a lot of the reason why they're so fearful of mortal people, mm -hmm. as it were. So she was, uh, it was basically like the, I don't know, whenever the, whenever the like, the, the hysteria about people that were witches was in Europe yeah and they um they put them on trial and killed them and then when they came back to life they said oh these people are witches so they took this other person and they put him in a they put her in a iron cage and threw it into the bottom of the ocean and so that's basically she suffered for however long hundreds of years just mm -hmm. dying over and over and over again and no one could help her um, and that sort of scarred moment is something that lives on with the old guard forever about why they should fear society, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what'd you think about this scene? Like, um, I thought, I thought it was pretty powerful. Yeah. I mean, getting kind of a little bit more backstory on Andy's character since they really played it up to be her being the like main character, you get a lot more information on like her and kind of what like the old guard becoming a thing and how like they can die like eventually um is that that's not in this one i think it might be a, in a later one like a later flashback that they talk about how they can actually die but yes it, 
yeah, finding out like she had this really close friend, possibly even like a girlfriend that like she mm -hmm. was just when they got ripped apart, it kind of broke Andy as much as it just kind of broke her trust in mortal people. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's you know, it's like one of those moments, you know, like those character moments where it's something super traumatic in their past that really dictates how they're going to live the rest of their mm -hmm. life. Yeah. Because she like, that was, I think she even says like, Oh, I lost a soldier or something like that. Mm -hmm. And she feels like she really failed and she doesn't want to fail and lose anyone else pretty much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was a really, really powerful scene. And again, it sort of shows like they might be immoral, but they're not, they're not, um, they're not really, they, they have things to fear. Yeah. From other people. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, uh, I thought that was a pretty interesting scene. Um, mm -hmm. and so then they get sort of like ambushed by some, basically the people that, you know, work for, um, uh, Merrick or whatever. And so they're trying to capture them. And so there's a sort of big fight scene, but, uh, Nikki and Joe, get captured mm -hmm. and um yeah they're they're taken away to you know be turned into into lab rats pretty much together um yeah. but then there's, there's this interesting scene where like they're you know they get taken and then they they kind of profess their love for each other <laughs> well i mean they they've been together yeah. for so long but they kind of like show like they, they express to the audience more than what they have before and to kind of their captors that mm -hmm. like they are immortal, but they have each other, which is kind of in the antithesis to the rest of the guard because they're all alone, which is something that I know like they bring up with books a lot uh, towards the end that that's something that he can't really grapple with is the fact that he's alone all the time and he has to live his life alone but Joe and Andy have each other. And that I think is like such a sweet, beautiful moment. And I'm like the most anti-romance kind of person. And I was like, <laughs> oh, that's still, that's very sweet. So this was like the romance that you liked. Yeah, it's like romance in an action movie. That's just like one like tiny little drop of romance and then that's it, <laughs> nothing else. You understand that they care for each other, they get their moment. And then it's kind of, it's not like shoved in your face the rest of the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not, they don't, like, overwhelm you with it. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, the most of the rest of the film, they kind of allude to it. But, yeah, there it's pretty, mm -hmm. it's clearly stated. Um, so then later, what's revealed is that Booker, Booker is the one who betrayed them. Yeah. So, because um, he wants to, he wants to just uh, find a way to end it. Um, <laughs> he is sort of given up on the immortality thing. It doesn't, you know, he's frustrated with it. And, but, you know, it's not really, yeah, it's, it, it, it wasn't really getting him what he wanted. And so now they're in the situation where they're, they, they're, you know, Nikki and Joe have been captured. And now they have to kind of figure out a way to get him out, get them out. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that was another kind of big twist that it was mm -hmm. sort of, you know, one of their own turn yeah. against them. That was something that once like, Niall started to leave, like right before she left, I was like, 
I bet that there is something wrong because she's just like, or Andy was kind of given like a side eye when she was like looking through the gear in the back of the car. And I was just like, there, there might be something going on. Somebody kind of betrayed them possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of betrayals going on here, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what'd you think of the, the fight scene in, uh, in that, in the church where um, Andy like takes on a bunch of people? I mean, I, I'm a huge Charlize Theron stan, so any any fight scene that she's in is always great. It's yeah. it's very well choreographed. Um, and I do, I like that they kind of allude to her getting stabbed, but they don't, like, make a big deal about it, and she definitely doesn't make a big deal about it until, like, kind of after everything started to cool down, which I thought was kind of a great character moment for Andy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a scene later on with Booker where, um, you know, they see that she's bleeding and he's like, what, you're bleeding? How's that? Yeah. How's that happening? Um, because, yeah, like you were saying before, there's another there's another flashback that happens where there is uh, another person who was another one of their old guard soldiers who dies in battle. Mm-hmm. So there is a limit to their immortality. Like there is a, you know, I guess a number of deaths that they have. Mm-hmm. before they are gone or a certain amount of time. But yeah, this guy died in battle and that was like his final fight pretty much. So mm-hmm. there are limits, but it's sort of, uh, and it, you, they don't know when, right? Yeah. So it's kind of, they're kind of human in that way mm-hmm. because it, at any moment they could just die. And we see Andy, she gets injured more than, she would expect to have mm-hmm. in, in a fight. And so, yeah, that could have been the end for her, right? Yeah. So, yeah, they, they do a pretty good job of, like, they're immortal, but they they have sort of the same kind of human uh, feelings and issues that we have. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so at the end of the film, they all, there's a mission, they go to this, uh, basically the, the, the company, where Merrick is holding Nikki and Joe and they, you know, they break them out. Um, and yeah, there's this final big confrontation and Niall, she like dive bombs the guy, the Merrick out of a, out of a yeah. building and crashes into a car. <laughs> yeah. That was insane. <laughs> that whole sequence, like, and the choreographing of them, like protecting Andy was really cool. And, um, just like, yeah, that whole like last 15 minutes is probably one of the more fun sequences. And I'm, I'm kind of sad that they held back such a great sequence till the very end and they didn't like add more throughout, but I really did. Like that was probably my favorite part. Yeah. And this is, again, we get to see more of the acts wielded yeah. by Andy. Mm-hmm. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Finally. Yeah, which is kind of weird because, like in the in the fight in Paris, they she doesn't use it at all, which is kind of disappointing. No. She's taking out she's taking out like two dozen guys. Yeah, yeah. But I guess she's like, oh, I can be more, I can get more people with just a gun than I can with having the axe. It's more close range than having a gun, and it's, which is long range. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, and so yeah, so at the end of the film, we get this sort of uh, sort of postscript where. You know, again, it's it's um, uh, Copley and the rest of the the old guard. So at this point, it's Nikki, Joe, Niall, 
uh, Andy and Booker, and they're all sort of together, and they decide, okay, we're gonna we're gonna do missions together as a team, and we're going to, you know, do good basically. <laughs> uh, and Copley is gonna be the one to you know find missions for them and send send them off, and yeah, and that's basically the film. Well, they kind of they do excommunicate Booker. Yeah. For a little bit there, because, I mean, he betrayed them pretty much. Yeah, he deserves it. Yeah, right. very much. He deserved it, for sure. So, yeah. but it's what, for like 20 years or something? Yeah, I, I don't think it's for like very long, for them at least. Mm -hmm. um, for them to be like, yeah, you go do your thing, kind of stay on the DL, and then you can come meet mm -hmm. us here, and we'll reevaluate. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Niall kind of replaces him, basically. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> cool. So, um, yeah. So, who was like your favorite character? Would you say in the film? Probably Niall. I really, I, I wish they could have mm -hmm. utilized her more. Um, I feel like they underutilized her because they wanted to do sequels and kind of build her character up more in those. Um, but yeah, I really liked the introduction to her character and her character growth and her building and like the arc of her wanting to leave, but then she also decides to come back and help them. Yeah, I felt like there was there was sort of a conflict in the film where Niall is like our sort of avenue into understanding the old guard. Mm -hmm. Like it's a character who's out of water, who's coming in, this is totally new for her. Sort of like us, the audience, we don't understand all mm -hmm. these things. Uh, but there's also this, There, it's also really, I feel like, the story is about Andy. It's about Charlie Throne's character. Yeah. And so that conflict to me kind of created some problems in the film where they're kind of like the, you know, our, our, our avenue should have been the Nile character, but the Andy character is so much more powerful that it just ends up really being from her perspective. Yeah. Um, which I think would be fine. But if, if it's her movie and she's the main character, just, give her more stuff and like, you know, yeah. have, have it be really uh, centered totally around her. More. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, I think, I think, you know, in the sequel, if, if they do one, they'll be able to sort of address that more. Yeah. Especially um, if Andy is kind of in danger of actually dying. Yeah. It would definitely be shifted over to more of Niall's perspective. Yeah. 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 And so speaking of a sequel, like, do you, do you want to see a sequel after seeing this first film? Um, would you be happy if they decided to make one? I would watch it. I, I'm kind of like, if they make it, they make it. If not, they don't. Like, I mean, it, it ended on a little bit of a cliffhanger, and I would like to see kind of that cliffhanger wrapped up. But at the same time, I'm like, eh, it's like a middling kind of movie for me. It was, yeah. I was in it more for the Charlie Theron action than anything. Yeah, yeah, for sure. More of that axe, please, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or she like hands it over to Niall in the sequel or something. Oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So what were your final thoughts about the film? What were the things, I guess, that you really liked and what were the things that you felt just didn't work? Um, one thing that I am a big proponent of is female writers and directors. And this was a female written and or co-written, I believe, with the um, comic book author. And then it was directed by a female. And you can tell in the action sequences that it is a female directed film because most 
male directed films they are like just quick cuts it's a fast and the furious movie it's a J jason Bourne movie there's just no like it's all action and it's like two frames and then they cut and it's just it's a mess for me visually but in a female directed film it's very smooth action long action sequences especially in the airplane fight scene it's just like this very long sweeping action and the camera kind of has a chance to breathe and move around. So I really, really liked that, the ability to kind of get a grasp on what is happening within the, the fight and the action then to kind of just not know what to look at. Um, yeah, that was probably my, my favorite, favorite thing um, was the, the difference in action directing from a female versus male perspective. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's definitely, uh, I forget who the director was for this film, but she, I think, did a pretty good job, mm -hmm. especially with the, like you're saying, the fights and choreography was, was well done. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I definitely liked that. I liked Charlie Theron's character, which was probably my favorite part of the film. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I just, I wish that in terms of the plot, they had sort of decided on one thing or the other mm -hmm. um, in terms of like making it about Andy are making it about Niall, um, you know, uh, because yeah, it kind of does feel like they're going to hand it off to Niall in the next movie if they did another movie. Mm -hmm. Kind of what it feels like, but yeah, you know, who knows? Um, it's just there's a lot of stuff outside of the action scenes that's just kind of a little average to me. It just didn't really, yeah. you know, didn't really draw me in as much as like other films. Um, yeah. Yeah, overall, I thought it was. I thought it was fine. I definitely think it was worth watching. It's fun, yeah. you know, summer blockbuster movie when you can't leave the house <laughs> because yeah. of COVID. It would have been cool to see it on like a big screen, but I mean, I guess since you can't have that, it it's good enough to see on like a TV screen. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, you definitely can't have it in like you know certain places like California or yeah, <laughs> New York. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where theaters are actually closed. <laughs> yeah, sadly. Sadly, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's our review of uh, The Old Guard. Um, cool. Yeah, so I think we both felt like it was pretty good, but there were some parts a little underwhelming. Yeah, mm -hmm. overall, it's okay. And if they do a sequel, be cool. Yeah. <laughs> but if they don't, not really <laughs> a lot for the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I highly suspect that they will because I remember they, they released some numbers about how successful their original films are. And this made like, I think even like the top five. Yeah, I think I would check like the week after it came out, it was like number one or number two um, on that like scroll that they have on mm -hmm. the Netflix homepage. So it did pretty well. Yeah, and so for, I think they said it, it was like 90 million unique viewers or 90 million households like that. yeah they also did a really great job of marketing it too i think yeah. which helped a lot yeah they did i mean it helps when you have like you know these really big actors right mm -hmm. like charlie's their own um that that kind of stuff really kind of and I, I, yeah they, it's just like they like a lot of times people say like netflix doesn't do a very good job of promoting but yeah this film they really did they really got it mm -hmm. out there like people yeah. knew it's coming out this day scott charlie's their own in it you've seen the trailer and it's like okay I'm watching this thing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. We'll see what happens going forward. I I suspect pretty likely there's going to be a sequel. Mm -hmm. I'd say. Um, so yeah. Um, 
hopefully that'll be good and they'll kind of continue. We'll get some more axe fighting. Yeah. <laughs> Bring right. back the axe. <laughs> Bring back the axe, right? <laughs> All right, cool. Um, so, yeah, is there anything else you want to say? Anything you want to promote? Uh, any of your uh, stuff coming up? Um, I may be actually making a video review on my channel for Mulan next week, so look out for that. I don't know if it's for sure yet, if I will have the energy this weekend once I watch the movie, um, but look out for that. Otherwise, I'm just, you know, everywhere on the internet. Yeah. Cool. Uh, are you going to do like a watch party or are you going to watch, um, watch on oh, Disney no. Plus? I mean, it's just me by myself in my apartment. Um, I may... I may like FaceTime my friends because they all have Disney Plus and they're all planning on getting it, but oh, we yeah. we haven't really talked about that yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you guys could do a Discord party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I look forward to that. Definitely, um, Mulan was one of the movies you know was coming out that I was really excited about. Mm, so love to see your review. Um, all right. Well, yeah, that's it uh, for now. Thanks a lot, everyone, for coming by, and I uh, will see you again. Uh, next week.